Hallelujah. So, I'm taking the opportunity to um, share today about serving the Lord. You know, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. I'm so excited this morning. That means there's a blessing for somebody here today. John 15. Now, you see in Scripture that God um, likened man to trees. Look at this. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Husbandman there means the laborer, the vine dresser, the one who owns the vine. Jesus Christ says he's the vine, so Jesus Christ says he's the tree. Now, also in scripture, when you look at somewhere, Jeremiah 17, the Bible talks about man being like a tree. Remember what Psalm, um, David said in Psalms, he said, and he shall be like a tree. Remember also Jesus Christ healed a man who had an eye problem. The first time he, he prayed for the man, the man said, I see men like trees. When he prayed again, he says, okay, he's seeing human beings now. It was, um, the first one was actually the restoration of spiritual vision. So, there's another scripture that says, all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. When the Bible talks about trees, it's talking about men. All right? It's talking about men. So, Jesus Christ is saying he's a tree of God's person. What's he saying? He's saying, God cannot be seen. The Bible says no man had seen God at any time. So, God cannot be seen. But even in God not being seen, it was Jesus who became the express image of God's personality. That means it was Jesus who made us know who God really is. So every good thing that Jesus did was a reflection of God or who God truly is. Now, Jesus reflected God, but we reflect Jesus. So look over here. He says, Jesus is the vine. Then he says, we are the branches. How do we know which kind of tree it is? It's by the fruit that grows where? On the branch. So we're able to identify the glory of Christ not through just what is written. We're able to identify the glory of Christ or Christianity through the branches, through the Christians. That means Jesus expects fruits. Luke chapter 13. I shared this at camp. Um, I'm sure I'll be able to go through it again. Okay, so Luke chapter 13. Look at verse 5. Verse 5. It says, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Jesus Christ was starting the parable. He spake also this parable, verse 6, that's my point. A certain man had a fig tree and planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought food thereon and found none. Hmm. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruits on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Is this God? Yes. God says, cut it down. Why convert it to the ground? Jesus Christ is saying the parable, and he starts talking about um, uh, a man had a vine, a vine, a, a fig tree. He comes, he didn't find fruit. He doesn't find fruit, and he says, cut it down. Is that God? Does that look like God? Go back to John chapter 15. You'll see something very similar there. For, for it to repeat and show you that this is the nature of God and that God doesn't take it lightly when a Christian is not bearing fruit. Look at verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he does what? He lays hands on him. He lays hands on him. He says, he taketh away. Is that not similar to what he said in Luke chapter 13? He says that he came and said, cut it down. He's not producing any fruit. Another time, Jesus Christ was walking. He saw a fig tree. And this one was not a parable. He saw the fig tree. And the Bible says, it was not even yet the time for figs. Jesus approached the fig tree and says, because you, have, you don't have any fruit for me to eat, from today, no man shall eat of you again. Then, Peter, look at Jesus. Look at the fig tree. Ah, it didn't happen, no. It didn't happen, no. Hey, for the first time, they walked with Jesus and they saw Jesus say something. That didn't happen. How do I know that Peter was watching if it will happen or not? Because the next day, 
The next day, Peter was the one saying, hey, the thing has actually happened, though. So it looks like when they were coming back, Peter said, hey, master, 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 master. So the first day, when it happened, Peter elbow Andrews, and then Jesus power, no, Charlie, 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 no work, no work. So the next day he was watching, he wanted to redeem his master's image. And so when he saw it, hey, Jesus, champion, champion. You see, so Jesus did the same thing. He gets to the place, looks at the um, fig tree, sees no fruit, and says, from today, no man will go to eat of you again. That shows how important bearing fruit is to God. It shows how important bearing fruit is to God. Some Christians take these things lightly. You see? Okay. Some Christians take these things lightly, and they don't realize that is how many of them are cut off from the, either the supply of God or relevance with God. Remember what Jesus Christ said in the book of Revelations when he was talking to the churches. He says, he told, he told the Ephesians church, he said the church of Ephesus, he says, if you don't go back to your first love, he said, I will remove the candlestick out of its place. What does it mean? You will stop shining. You will still be there as a church, but you stop shining. That means you stop being relevant for me. So there are churches who are no longer relevant to the agenda of God. God has allowed them. They are doing, they are holding services. They are jumping, they are clapping and shouting. But yeah, they pray. They, anything they do, it looks like God. But with the agenda of God, as God's moving train, where God is, they are not good work. God told the Ephesians Christian, he said, if you don't return to your first love and do the first works, he says, I will remove your candlestick out of its place. So some churches, their candlestick is out of place. Some groups, some people, some people, some Christians, their candlestick is out of place. Praise God. Their candlestick is out of place. So what is bearing fruit? You see, now, so what is bearing fruit? How, does, how, how is bearing fruit so important to God? How's God thinking about bearing fruit? Because he says, now, if I look at a, a scripture like that in John chapter 15, if I look at John chapter 15, and I'll be thinking, am I the one he's going to take away? I'll be thinking, he said, ah, go back to John chapter 15 verse 2. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he take it away. Now, is it me? So how, how's God thinking about me? He talks about the parable. He said, cut it down. I came three years looking for figs. I did not find. He said, take it off. Am I, you know, I was, I was having a, uh, a meeting last year, last year's week of prayer. I told them, I said, as a Christian, in three years, there should be evidence that you have the Holy Ghost. There should be evidence that you are a Christian. In three years, they should see evidence. Because in three years, if you don't see evidence, there's something wrong. Someone say, hmm. If God has done it, I'll say it. God has not done anything for me. Let me tell you something. Check the poor men when they came to Jesus. When the poor men came to Jesus, they say, either give me, heal me, help me. The rich men, when they came to Jesus, they'll ask, what shall I do to be saved? You didn't catch it. It shows you the mentality because poor people are thinking of who will give me something. Rich people are thinking of how does this thing work. Listen, show me is greater than give me. So people don't realize that, you know, in that scripture, it shows that God is not... <laughs> people think that God is there and, and, and um, they are Christians and God exists for them and when they are in need... You know some people, no, no God, no sowing, no prayer, nothing. When they have trouble, I will cry to my God. My God shall listen to me. I will cry to my God. I know where to go when I have problem. You, that's your problem. That you only know God when there's problem. And you think God is, uh, you know, that's why some rich people don't like going to church. They think like they don't have any problem. God does not exist for problem. God is not there because of problem. If you came to church today because you have a problem, it's good, fine. But, no. No. That's why he advised, said, serve the Lord thy God in the days of your youth. Because in the days of your youth, there's no need. 
Come on. That's not me, because in the days of your youth, you are so, you know, full of life. You are, you, you, you are not, unless you have a, a, a problem, you are not like, likely to be sick. Unless you have a problem, there's, a, there's an issue with your body. But usually when you are, you know, when I was 2021, 20, I know some of you are there, right? When I was 19, 2021, 20, I could afford not to go exercising. I still feel fresh. All right? I'm, you understand? Look, I used to be an athlete. It's not quite an athlete, real athlete. I represented the Eastern region. Yeah, I'm going to say 400 meters. When I hold baton, because I, I, I didn't run the 400 for the, for the region. I did the 4x4. Four four. So I was in the 4x4 four four team. When they give me baton, you also become a boss. You realize that when you were level 400, and you didn't respect anybody in the world, <laughs> life was different. Those of you who are on campus, that is not life. I advise you, ask questions. <laughs> you shall be answered. And you shall know what to do. You realize that some of the days you are wasting there, you can actually do something with it. That will help you when you come out. Because when you're on campus, you think that that is, because they gone like this. This part is New York. Liman Kwakon, that's New York. That's price New York. When you come to the middle, that's California. The other side is Los Angeles. Life is, you think that that's it. You eat in the morning, you go for lectures. Lectures you like, you go. The one you don't like, you don't go. Like, life is, when you wake up in the morning, you feel like, no, no, I'm not far. Don't go. But you see, when you now start going, you are now an employee. You can't wake up in the morning and say, I don't like 730, this one. You could choose 730 lecture. You cannot choose. If, if 8 o'clock, that office, they do morning devotion, you cannot say that I don't like morning devotion. They'll remove it from your salary, I'm telling you. Okay. So, back to what Jesus Christ was saying. So, what does he talk about when he talks about fruits? So, he starts thinking, what is God expecting of me? He said, now, I'm, I'm scared, I'm scared. He said, any branch of me that bread no fruit, he take it away. That means I have to be careful. I have to be careful. So that my Christianity, my work with God, is um, productive enough not to be taken away. Not to be taken away. This is what God cares about. No, because the, the, the orientation is wrong. A lot of people are thinking, you know, um, be fruitful, all right, with God is maybe for pastors, for evangelists. Big mistake. He says every branch, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what the problem is. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 15. Let me show you something. You will see bad fruits. There's bad fruits. And I'll tell you two categories of people who, who produce bad fruits. Bad fruits. Jesus Christ says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are revenue wolves. Now, now this one, this particular um, scripture, people make it look as though, when he says beware of false prophets, he's talking about a false prophet who is like a man of God. No. This is not beware of false prophets as a man of God who is coming to give you a wrong prophecy. You know why? Because he said, which come to you in sheep's clothing? He said in shepherd's clothing. That means when he says beware of false prophets, he's talking about people in the church among the brethren. So they abuse it to insult men of God. This one. Is it to insult men of God? Uh, but Jesus Christ is talking and you should start from verse 1, you would understand. Because he was not dealing with um, people who 
were, I said, were men of God. He was talking about people who were among them. So he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are revenant wolves. Verse 16. Because Paul also talked about this same wolves in sheep clothing in the book of Acts. And it was brethren he was actually talking about. Verse 16 says, You shall know them by their fruits. Do, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Go ahead. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruits, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruits. Now, very powerful here. He says, the good tree will produce good fruits. The evil tree will produce evil fruits. So the first thing you, you, you get to realize and notice here is that God does not care so much what you are doing like he cares who you are. Let me tell you something. No matter what you do, no matter the good deed you do, when you are not born again, it does not register in heaven. Because you are an evil tree. <laughs> you know what, 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 what God calls some people? He calls them darkness. He says they are darkness. How do I know? Because some people say, oh, when you go to heaven, they will measure all your sin and all your good. If your good is more than... Why do people get those things? Is it being balanced? Ah, it's cartoons. It's cartoons people have been watching. The Bible never said so. There's no being balanced. They'll measure your good and measure your evil. No, no, no. He says the good tree produces good fruits. The evil tree produces evil fruits. Now, there was a man in the Bible called Cornelius. He was a Roman centurion. Now, Cornelius was a man. The Bible says that he was always praying to God. He was not born again. Always praying to God. He was, the Bible says he called, the Bible called him a devout man. He was always praying to God and he was always giving alms to the poor. If that was enough, God should have left him. God should have left him. If it was enough, God should have left him. But God didn't leave him. What happened was, God now sent an angel to go and talk to him. And now sent Peter to go and now witness to him so that he would give his life to Christ. Why? Because although he was doing good things, he was helping people, he was doing great things, that rather drew God's attention to him, he had to still be saved. So the man had to be saved. So it says, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. There's nothing you will do about a corrupt tree that will make it give you uh, uh, good fruit. He says, once the tree is evil, it gives you evil fruit. So there are bad fruits. Bad fruits are produced by unbelievers. It might be a good thing they are doing, but it doesn't register with God. I'll, I'll, I'll show you something very soon. It doesn't register with God. Until they are saved. Then another group of people who also produce bad fruit, which is something we need to really watch. I'll say some things, all right? If you are not, um, if you are not born again, I'm not, you are not the one I'm, I'm speaking with, I'm, I'm speaking to on this one I'm about to say. If you are not born again, I will give you the opportunity to give your life to Christ. The biggest decision you can ever make in your life. When you give your life to Christ, it's not a change of character. There's actually a change in your spirit first. And you are made a good tree. Come on. When you give your life to Christ, I'm saying, I'm born again. And when they start thinking I'm born again, the next thing is, they are thinking I'm born again because I have stopped this and that. No. You are born again because your spirit is recreated. Your spirit is made fresh. Your spirit is made new. After the image of God. So when you give your life to Christ, it's not just a change of character. The change of character will happen. All right? As a result of that. But what God is looking at is what happens inside you. What happens inside the person is what matters to God. And that person is made a good tree. Not an evil tree. A good tree. A good tree. Wow. 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 Now, the challenge is a lot of people um, have the type of I'm a Christian as a religion. That's a problem. Jesus, we'll come to that. You know, I was taking the topic. Today, I'm not, I'm not, I'll continue that series next week. Today, I'm not, I'm not doing Christ and Christianity. I'll continue that series next week. Today, because the leadership service, I want to talk about a few things. All right? We're talking about um, bringing forth fruit. All right? Now, the tag of I'm a Christian is, is a problem. It's a problem. We accept the word Christianity or Christian 
Because if it's not broken, you don't change it. So we just, we just leave it. All right? But of a truth, Jesus didn't come to set up a religion. Jesus never said, and I've come to start Christianity. He never said so. So it's not a religion we belong to. <laughs> it's not a religion we belong to. It's a life. It's a, a place in God. He said, if any man be in Christ, he's talking about location. So we are not into a set of beliefs. <laughs> okay, let me drop this one. We are not into a set of beliefs. In fact, in fact, if we are supposed to go by Bible standard, the Christian should not be called a believer. The Christian should not be called a believer. Simple, simple. John 3.16. Look at it. John 3.16. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have. So he believed to have. No, no, come on. You, you believe to have. How are you still a believer? It means you don't have. Come on. I believed to have his book. Now I have the book. I am no longer a believer. I am a haver. Two things happen when you got born again. One was you, you became a haver. You have. I have. I have. I have. All right? I have. When I became born again, I now have. So I am not believing to have again. It's, 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 it's crazy. When you look at, you know, Christians, you, you study the word of God and the Bible says, you have this. They go back to God and say, give me this. It's a misnomer. There's a problem. There's a problem with the understanding of the scriptures. God says, you believe. Do you believe? Yes, you have. I have. You know, so he says that, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, Sunday school, they taught us that everlasting life is when we go to heaven. But no, if tenses mean anything, he says, should not perish, but have everlasting life. That means everlasting life is a present hour reality. I have everlasting life. I have it. I have it. So number one is you have. The second one is greater than having. Oh, God. John chapter 1, verse 11. I think 11. Is it 11? He came unto his own. His own received him not. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become. So the first one is they have. The second one is, they became. That's why he says, if any man be in Christ, he is. He has become something. He is. So the Christian is no longer a believer or a receiver. The Christian is an is. He is an is. All right, I know it doesn't make English sense, but spiritually I'm very correct. He is an is. So I is. I is. He is a new creation. I is a new creation. <laughs> Some people's religion is being blown away. So I'm not a believer. So you see, Christians say, I'm believing God for, I'm believing God for, when will you stop believing God for? Now, they believe God for something, they prayed, and they believe God for it. The next time you ask them again, they say, I'm still believing God for, so when will you receive Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say upon, unto this man, be that removed and be that cast to the sea, and shall not doubt his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, forgive me for being a little extra. I, I you know, I, when I study the scripture, hi, ha, I wonder how, how some Christians read their Bible. He says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, he says, believe that you receive. He didn't say, believe and receive. Look at the Bible. He said, believe that you receive. He didn't say, believe and you shall receive. He didn't say, believe and you shall receive. He said, believe that you receive and you shall have. That means receiving is different from having. So he says, you believe that you received, then you shall have. How, how does this make sense? How can you tell me that I have received something but I don't have it? No, give, give it to me. You said I have received this 
but I don't have it. Why? Because that receiving is a spiritual thing. That's why he used believe that you receive. So receiving is spiritual. Having is physical. So he says, believe that you receive and you shall have. So when you pray, is that whatever you desire when you pray? Believe that you received it. So that means I can walk out of the prayer meeting joyful and shouting without having it in my hand. What am I doing? I believe I have received it. That's a problem. You call people for all night. They come, pray, 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 pray. When we close, the same face they brought to the prayer meeting is the same face they are carrying home. You didn't receive it. When you leave a prayer meeting or you finish your prayers, you have to leave joyfully because, oh my God, I remember the story of um, Dr. Yongitu. He had prayed about something, he prayed about something, he prayed about something, and he was not receiving it, he was praying about it, then he started acting his faith, acting his faith, acting his faith, and one day he was with, uh, you know, he was, he was still meditating, meditating on it, one day he was with his wife at the dining table. While they were sitting down, sitting down, sitting down, it, hit him. it has happened to me many times. While sitting down, he said, hey, I have it, I have it. The wife said, this thing has gone through my head, oh. he said, I have it, I have it, I have it. No. Sometimes, when you see people praying, all right, and they start running around, they start running around, don't think that we don't know what we are doing. There are times I finish praying, well, I'm, even, sometimes I'm not done praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, then it clicks in my spirit. It's like, like a, a coin to- tossed. It's like, I got it, I got it, yeah, and I'm running, I got it, I got it. You're not seeing it in my hand, but I got it. I have it. I have it. I, have it. I, I believe I received it. It doesn't take time. I see it. I have it. So I, I said, I got it. I got it. I got it. When I'm done praying, when I'm done praying, I'm always looking for that joy, joy thing. I'm looking for that, that joy trigger. Because sometimes the Lord triggers the joy inside you. You find some shouting, shouting, and dancing, and dancing. No music. There was, there was, there was, uh, last Sunday, you know, simple instruction I gave. I said, if you have been praying about something, you have not received it, go and dance in the house. Simple instruction. Simple instruction. Simple instruction. So I put it in it. They are waiting for me to call 16 hours of prayers and brimstone and thunder. Then they will come for that one. Simple instruction. One young man did it. He was not through with the dance. He got a job without applying. A young lady also sent me a testimony on Instagram or so. Said she was just dancing. She was just dancing, and the matter was solved. What, what is that dance signifying? That is a statement of faith. Because you are supposed to dance after you have it in your hand, right? But no, you put the dance. This is, what God, this is what God was teaching the children of Israel. He told them on the seventh time, shout. The shout is supposed to be after the war comes down, but God tells them, shout before the war comes down. All right. Back to fruits. All right. So, Jesus, go back to um, make the tree good and the, and the fruits good. Um, the, the tree good and shall have uh, Matthew chapter 7 there. So, you see that the evil tree will produce evil fruit. Now, I said the tag Christian, all right, is a problem. If we were, you know, indoctrinated to understand that it is more of kingdom than religion who act differently. Now, there's rebuke in the word of God, all right? So um, if, I, if, I, if what I say touches you, just take it and repent. Don't be stiff-necked, stubborn, like the Israelites. Bible calls them, they were still make and stubborn. So I said, if you are not born again, then we are praying with you. You want you to give your life to Christ today. But if you are saved, you are a child of God, and you did silhouette talent, you must be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> or basset challenge. You must be ashamed of yourself. Verse 18. He said, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruits. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruits. Continue. Every tree 
that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now, I'm talking about kingdom for you to understand something. Now, some of them's argument is, for those who are not born again, it's not their problem. It's not their problem because there, there is, um, Bible calls it in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. When you are not born again, you don't have it, so you can't see the way we are seeing it, so I don't have a problem with you. But that you are born again, you have the Holy Ghost, probably even speaking tongues. What you did, say, oh, God will forgive. No, God is like, it's not, I keep saying, it's not about God forgiving you, it's not about God forgiving you. What you have done is that, what you don't know is that, Jesus Christ said, all right, the kingdom of this world, I become the kingdom of our God. So there is a kingdom battle going on in the world. So anytime you give vent to the kingdom of the devil, what has happened is that it is God's soldier that the devil has used. So what has happened is that Jesus Christ said, seek the kingdom of God. What has happened is that you have actually, because this thing is a game of thrones. Anywhere Jesus enters, if he enters this man's life, what is happening is that he is enthroned in the life. That's what we call Jesus is Lord. He becomes king in the person's heart. That's God's territory. So anytime that God's territory is breached, what has happened? We've lost. Now, the argument is, eh, eh. So other people are sinning differently. Some people are doing it and doing it in the closet. Let me give you a kingdom statistic. Let me give you a certain kingdom apple, all right? Character is good. Character is what you do when nobody's watching you. Character is good. But when it comes to kingdom, reputation also matters. There are things that if my fellow Christian does in secret. I won't say the person has done the wrong thing, so I'm going to take care outside. Why? If I take care outside, it's a kingdom loss. I would rather deal with the matter inside. David understood this, all right? David understood this. When Saul died, you know what David said? He said, the beauty of Israel is slain. He said, tell it not in Gath. Those of you who like to drag men of God, so I'll drag him. Drag. <laughs> he says, David said, tell it not in Gath. He said, oh. Tell it not in Gath. He said, so the daughters of the Philistines. He said, the beauty of oh, good. He says, tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ascalon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. So even Saul was looking for David's life. He wanted to destroy David. But when Saul died, he said, don't say it anyway. Don't tell anybody that the beauty of Israel, because he was the king. He was the king. That's the beauty of Israel. Now, during those times, there was that, that, that um, rivalry against the gods. So you see that over here, David is concerned about the reputation of God. Because what would people go and say? Do not say Saul was a wicked man. They go and say the king of Israel is dead. The king of Israel has been destroyed. That means their God is more powerful. So David was so concerned about what God's name would look like. What would be God's name out there? What would be, what would be God's testimony out there? So he was wailing. He said, Tell it not in Gath. Publish not in the streets of Ascalon. So that the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The, uh, the daughters of the Philistines, when they hear, ah, uh, uh, Saul is dead. They will start rejoicing. Eh, their God is God. Their God is God. Their God is not God. Their God is not God. David could not take that shame for God. He couldn't take it. He said, don't tell anybody that Saul is dead. Don't tell anybody how he died. David said, how did Saul die as though he had not been anointed with oil? That means men of the anointing don't die some ways. To wear that thing and do it in your room is one. To do it and post it is another thing altogether. Canality. A tree that's supposed to be good, bringing forth evil fruit. See what Paul says about people like that. Look at it. Go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Look at verse 16. 17. 18. Good. Look at this. Now, Paul is writing to the Christians. These are Christians who. These are kingdom people. 
when you work in an office, listen, it's not just about your salary. You represent the kingdom there. There are some things you cannot say, some things you cannot do because of the kingdom. It means you've not come to the understanding of it. I, I, I love something I saw in someone's status about some people in a class and the unbelievers were trying to ridicule Christianity. According to the lady, all the Christians in the class joined forces together and said them until they all became quiet. That is kingdom representation. Another way of representing the kingdom is by love. People are hating on you. You are loving them back. That's our kingdom spreading there. Kingdom. Be kingdom-minded. Once you are kingdom-minded, you don't have an opinion. Your opinion is the opinion of the king. He said, for many walk, of whom I have told you often. Paul says he has told the Philippians. He said, this, they are Christians. Who, they are kingdom people. He said, they walk, of whom I have told you often. And now tell you even weeping. Paul said, I'm saying this thing, I'm crying. He said that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? And whose glory is in their shame? Who mind earthly things? Okay. This one will not hit hard. Give me NIV. Let's start with NIV. Then we'll go to Amplified. Message. I don't want to go near message today. <laughs> their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Amplified. The Bible says, don't judge. Don't judge. You are judging us. You are judging us. You shall not judge. You shall not judge. I didn't, I, you were not in second service last week. I told them, I said, that, they, that judge not. There's another clause. He said, but judge righteous judgment. So what I'm doing is a, a very righteous judgment. How, how is it a righteous judgment? Because I'm giving it to you from the word of God. And I'm rebuking you. That is the truth. I'm rebuking you. Maybe the person sitting here and, and thinking, I'm not going to come to this church again. It's, you don't, it's homophobic, pastor. So, you know, some people think that Jesus was gentle, Jesus make him out. If you read the Bible and you see gentle Jesus make him out, I'll pay you to see it. I'll pay you to see gentle Jesus make him out. Look at the words of Jesus. Very strong. When they told him that Herod is looking for him and Herod will kill him, he said, go and tell that fox that I'm preaching today and preaching tomorrow. You don't know. I'll show it to you. He said, go and tell that fox. All right, so Amplified says, they are doomed and their fate is eternal misery. Perdition. Their God is their stomach, their appetites, their sensuality. Mm. Say so their God is their appetites. Once they feel like doing something, they must do it. Sensuality, they are ruled by their senses. They never consider kingdom. They never consider God when they are taking a decision. He says, and their glory in their shame siding with earthly things and being of their party. I'll put my head on your shoulder. <laughs> now, someone sitting here wondering how I know the song. Why are you thinking that I've watched it? I saw only one. No, don't judge me. Why are you thinking I've watched it? Somebody told me Verse 20. Okay, let's try. Let's try message. Hey! Message will give it to you hot, 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 hot. Let's try message translation. But easy street is a dead end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. Verse 20. But there's far more to life for us. We are citizens of high heaven. We are waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master Jesus Christ. We live like Jesus is coming back. You see, we live like Jesus is coming back. It's not a fallacy. We're telling you today, so you prepare yourself. My pastor said, prepare yourself. 
Wow. Okay. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus is coming back. James chapter 5, verse 7. We're talking about these fruits. These fruits. These fruits. No, days like this, remember these songs. You know? I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. Draw me near to where you are. It, 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 it might not um, be relevant to sing it when we are here because the Holy Spirit is here. But when we think about heaven, it's relevant. Because I, I, I want to go to heaven. I want Jesus to look at me and say, that good and faithful servant. You know, I, I like you, boy. You, 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 you tried, boy. You tried. You, you, you did well, boy. Wow. Don't think, don't think that you will do nothing on earth and you get to heaven and they will call you. No, 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 call your name. No, 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 you'll be at the back. Because Jesus will start with those who died for him. He'll start with that. You are my purpose for being alive. All the glories of this world do not compare to the day when I meet you. I stare in your eyes, and when you ask me how far, I'll say, Jesus, I try. I say, Jesus, I try. You know, I can relate. There are days. I have probably going to have a program, have a meeting, and I prayed so much. I got there, and there was probably I remember going to preach in Sohum. I prayed so much. I prayed so much. I prayed. I fasted. I prayed. Huh? I couldn't get any slimmer than that. When I got to the meeting, guess what? Some fetish people had come to sack people from the venue. When my boys came to tell me, said they have sacked everybody from the venue. They said, don't let the program hold. I sat on the floor. I said, God, I prayed. I prayed. And I went to sleep. Guess what? A few minutes later, all the people who were sacked, by people who were with machets, they all came back by themselves and we held the program. No, can you tell yourself, ah, oh, Lord, I tried. Can you, when you get to heaven, can you say, or when they mention your name for a word, you say, God, it's not me, it's another one. You know? You know something you can be mentioned for somebody and you know that it's not you they are talking about. Or you can stand in front of Jesus and say, Jesus, I tried. Jesus, I tried. Jesus, I did. I did my best. I did my best. I did my best. James chapter 5, verse 7. What is this fruit he's looking for? What is this fruit he's looking for? What is this fruit he's looking for? James chapter 5, verse 7. He says, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband man waited for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. What's the precious fruit of the earth? Souls. 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 Is your heart burning with what is burning God's heart? That's how people become friends of God. When God can identify someone who is feeling what he's feeling. Some of you here, you, you, you talk about love language. And some of you will, will somersault over a guy who can feel how you feel. Or a lady who feels how you feel. The day you are sad, he knows. When, he, when you are sad, he knows what to say. He knows what to do. When you're having, uh, are you okay? You say nothing. Are you? Is he okay? Say nothing. He still knows how to, you know, maneuver to take. Okay, come. You go, want to like chocolate? Do you like this? You say, oh, this guy, he really understands me.
I remember years ago, I'll go with Pastor Marvin to the, the, the hospital. When I get there and I see the sick people till today, I'm not able to watch sick people twice. I'll feel it, I'll cry. Ah. And I knew that those tears were not natural tears. They were the way God was also feeling about the matter. So I'll see sick people over there. I'll turn my eyes and I'll start crying. One day, this is how God gave me the healing anointing. One day as I looked at somebody who was sick, I turned, I cried, I wept so. I wept so much. You know, there are these tears and you're weeping that, you know, it does not land. As I was weeping, I said out of my mouth, I said, God, please help me to help people. That's what I said. I said, God, please help me to help people. Let me tell you, in a few minutes, a wind blew over me. And this was not natural. I know the wind because it came with a peace. It blew over me. Peace. Then I was like, hmm, what just happened? What just happened? Now, I tried to go and stand somewhere to see if I would feel the same thing again. I didn't feel it again. It was so brief a moment. The next thing, I preached somewhere. Someone with a cancer got healed. I said, God, help me to help someone. Help me to help people. I said, God, help me to help people. Help me to help people. God, help me to help people. I feel what God is feeling. God's heart is after souls. He said, the husband man, the reason why Jesus has not come is because he's still waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. That's the souls of men. You have a brother and he's not saved. You are not crying. You don't even care. You have a sister who's not saved. You will not weep. You will not lie on the floor and cry in the house. Say, Lord, save my brother. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we might be joking all around over here. Hell is not a joke. Hell is not a joke. It's not a joke. We might be joking about it today. People can be mocking us as men of God. Mocking us. Mocking us on social media. Mocking us, saying anything we want. they want. It's part of the cup we have to drink. Jesus Christ said that as part of all the things that he will bless us with, he will also bless us with persecution. The problem is, on which side are you? Are you on the side of being persecuted or you are joining the devil to recruit people to persecute Christians? Are you a Saul of Tarsus? Who went killing Christians? When Jesus met him, he said, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He didn't say, why persecutest thou the church? He said, why persecutest thou me? He said, you are persecuting me. Many people are speaking against Christians. What they don't know is that they are speaking against Jesus. The time will come. The time will come. This is the cross we decided to carry. So we know what comes with it. We are fine. Keep insulting us. We are fine. Keep on. Keep on. We are fine. We like it. What you are insulting is continue. 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 We know where we are going. We know where we are going. We know where we are going with this thing. You know the beauty of this thing? The beauty of this thing. Aside, some people say, ah, what if there's no heaven? What if there's no heaven? Check most old women when they're about to die. Most old women when they're about to die. Most old men when they're about to die. At the, at the time of their death, at the time they're coming to die, there's only one thing they talk about. The only one thing they remember. They remember God. They remember God. They remember God. They remember God. Some of them, before they die, they're able to tell. Before they die, they're able to tell. How are they able to tell? Some of them see angels around. Some of them see demons around. And they're so scared. Those who have seen uh, demons around are so scared. And they are so scared of dying. Those who see angels around, they are so happy. They want to leave. They've seen another side. They've seen that side which matters. And they are ready to leave. Sit by someone who's about to die. You understand what we are talking about. Then you know that when you come to the wit of the, of, of the matter, you come to the wit ends of the issues, there's only one thing you remember. Solomon said it. Solomon, there's nobody who was more experienced in, in, in achievement than Solomon. He said, all is vanity. He said, Hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and obey what he says. That's the conclusion of the matter. That's the conclusion of the matter. He said, any branch in me, that bread not food, he take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let God take you away. Don't let God make you irrelevant. From today, make up your mind. You're going to be relevant to God. You're going to be relevant to the things that God wants. Relevant soul winning. Win souls. Win souls. Talk to people about Jesus. You might not have a lot to say. What about your salvation story? Share it on your status. The same way people are using status and TikTok and other things to perpetrate the works of the devil. It's a pulpit now. Now, this is not the only pulpit that exists now. Now your status is a pulpit. But you post God Monday and post your buttons on Tuesday. So your, 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 your congregation are confused. <laughs> 
You know? Yeah. No, there was a, a lady who told me. One time I, I mentioned this, the lady told me, said, Pastor, I told God that, Lord, from today I dedicate my status to you. It is your pulpit. I have released it to you as an altar. And let me tell you something about altars. Consistency makes altars. When you say those things, God does not immediately jump on them. Say that, God, I'm dedicating my status. He will not immediately jump there. He will be waiting to see. As you keep posting, as you keep posting, something will happen. What you are writing and the power of God will meet up. When God takes over your status, anything you write is impactful to people. The lady now started winning souls from her, from her status. It became a puppet that God was using. It, it became like Moses' rod. It was no longer Moses' rod. It became the rod of God. There's some of you here. You have to dedicate your status. It has to become the status of God. Dedicate your Instagram. Say, from today, Lord, I will never post any stupid thing on my Instagram. Yes. The only challenge I know is scripture challenge, prayer challenge, giving challenge. That's the only challenge I know. Every other challenge Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 that you might work worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful that means bearing fruit in what in every good work in every good work in every good work be fruitful in every good work produce fruit for good works produce fruit for good works when we get to heaven John chapter 4 verse 35 verse 34 let's start from 34 I'll show you something about the fruit over there fruits Fruits, 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 fruits. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Then he says, Say not ye that they are yet four months. Don't say it when I grow up, preach. Don't say it. He said, Don't say it. they are yet four months. Don't say I have time. You don't have time. You don't have time. He said, Say not that they are yet four months. And then come at harvest. He said, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Verse 36, and he that repeteth, receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. Oh, what's he talking about? He's saying this particular fruit is not a, a, a corruptible fruit. This is a fruit that is gathered unto life eternal. That means when I gather this fruit, when I gather souls for God, when I preach to people, when I go to heaven, I'll see it. When I get to heaven, I'll see it. He said he gathered fruit unto life eternal. That means this fruit does not, it does not rot. This fruit, there are many things you are doing. In life today, there are many things in your business that they, when you get to heaven, they will not stand the test of eternity. They are not, they, they are not, they are inconsequential with eternity. Nobody will remember them. Nobody will remember them. Every all the suffering you are suffering, you know, just you know, to try to be somebody on earth. If you there's anything you should remember, you should remember, remember that there is fruit unto eternal life. There's fruit. He said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he take it away. He take it away. Someone said, Oh, Pastor, what about if I have a bad character? What the, I cannot preach because I have a bad character. I, I'm still trying to change. Let me finish changing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can change, Jesus wouldn't have to come. If you can change by yourself, Jesus won't have to come. So see what he says in John chapter 15, verse 2. He said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he take it away. And he says, And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. That means when you start bearing fruit, you start going to church. Okay? You start going to church. You start living for God. You start going to church. Something happens. Jesus himself starts working on your character. He starts working on the things that you are, are not correct. So God uses using you to help you. You are created for fruits. You're created unto good works. Good works. Good works. Good works. Good works. This year, make up your mind that you will serve God. You will serve God. With this, your beauty will serve God. I tell you, I tell you, don't think you're too beautiful to serve God. Don't think you're too beautiful. Beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. You look into your mirror three hours. When you, what you like, what you see. Beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. When you look at your grandmother's picture, yes. Oh, look at your grandmother. She had more bottles than you. Yes. Yes. Oh, look at your grandmother. Yes. I'm telling you today. Look at your grandfather. Look at your grandfather. He, <laughs> I remember when I was, you know, when we were living at Arabaka, there was a man, Mr. Yankee. If that Mr. Yankee starts narrating a story, he starts crying. He said, this whole Arabaka. When you see him, even when he was old and an old man, he was tall, dark, jerry hair, Wow, 
said, he said, this school at Abraka. Mr. Yankee, he said, this school at Abraka. He said, which girl did I like that I won't get? Mr. Yankee. Mr. Yankee. Mr. Yankee. Even when he was an old man, he still maneuvered his ways. Mr. Yankee. Once you see a little girl passing by Mr. Yankee's house, everybody was like, hey, don't go, don't go there. Mr. Yankee. When you look, you can see that Mr. Yankee is, he was very fresh when he was young. Beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. Let that beauty serve God. Let that beauty serve God. When you look into the mirror. When you take a picture of yourself, you can admire yourself. Y'all testing niggas. Oh, y'all. Beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. You have, got, you have one week that has got into your, your, your toes. It's nice. We like it. We like to see it. It's nice. We will not pretend that we will. It's nice. But wear something beautiful like that and talk to somebody about Jesus. And God will see that, oh, my daughter, she's using her beauty for the kingdom. So her kingdom, her beauty now has become a kingdom asset. You're a guy, looking nice, broad chest, beard gang, tall, dark, handsome. With a deep voice when you say, hello. People will be shaking. When you, when, when, people will be shaking when you talk. Oh, guy. Let it be relevant to God. Be in church, lift your hand. When people see you know, that's why I like showing people in church the, the pictures. Because sometimes, you know why people come to church? Because they see, it's not just the pastor, they see, wow, this fine girl is serving God. What am I doing? Yeah, so they see this nice guy. As the guys, so, oh, oh, we give you all. See, this nice guy, he could have been doing anything with his life. He's serving God with his abs and his chest. Wow. And the six pack is glorifying the Lord. Lift up your hands all day. You know, I wrote a song many years ago. I don't know if I remember the words. I don't, I don't remember the words. Nothing in this world can satisfy. No, you're going to pray right now. Someone will ask a question, but I don't know where to start from in serving God. I tell people all the time, always start with your cell leader. Whether you are older than a cell leader or the person is older than you. You see, humility will do so much for you in God. Go to your cell leader. Say, cell leader, I don't know how to win souls. Help me. Your cell leader will take you out. You will win souls. Let me tell you something. There's a joy in God you will never experience until you win souls. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes after soul winning, it's like, I want it again. I want it again. You feel so excited when you win somebody to Christ. Ah, the worst one is when you now feel someone with the Holy Spirit and the person spoke in tongues. Kai. One day I met a girl years ago around St. Teresa's. Years ago. Filled her with the Holy Ghost on the street. She started crying. Very nice girl. She was crying. Oh, that day I said, God, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Because the joy. Before I called the girl, she was snobbing me. She was snobbing me. She didn't want. Then I followed. I followed up on her. I said, I want to share something with you. As I spoke to her, she became calm. Then I started speaking to her. And I said, you can receive Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. She said, speaking in tongues, she has tried, son. She cannot speak. Oh. I said, today is your day. On the street! She started speaking in tongues and crying. She wept like a baby. I said, Lord, I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to do more. None of us were born with a Bible in our hand or some special anointing from anywhere. It was these, these small, small things. God saw the small ones. And he gave us more. He saw the small ones. He saw the faithfulness in bearing fruit for him. How many of you want to bear fruit for God this year? Yes. I can see it. I can see it right from your heart. Go and see your soul leader. And tell him, look, anytime you have a meeting, call me. I want to come. 
whether there's lockdown or not, whether there's lockdown or not, if there's lockdown, we'll have a lot of online meetings. I'll be on Instagram. I'll be, remember how we'll do it. We'll be everywhere. We will not depart from God because we are expecting Jesus.